All right, praise God. You know, it, it's um, pretty amazing, and I know we've heard this before when uh, Pastor and I are kind of doing like a shared message that we never talk about what each other's going to be talking about today. And um, as Pastor was reading from First Peter and talking about, you know, God cares for you, so don't, you know, don't be concerned. Um, and knowing that the devil walks around like a roaring lion and he's, it really is trying to scare you into walking away from what God has planned for you in the future. And actually today's message is, ta- is going to talk about being prepared, um, for what God has coming towards, you know, coming for you. And it, it's not always about that there's a problem, you know, we're afraid of how we're going to handle the problem, but sometimes we're just at a point in our life when it's, all right, Lord, what's the, the next step for me? You know, I'm, I'm here where I am right now, and it's kind of a lull period where things just kind of seem quiet and nothing too bad seems to be happening. And then we, so we're just kind of sitting back and we're thinking, all right, Lord, well, what's next? And as you start kind of thinking about that, if you're not careful, the enemy will get in there and start saying, oh, we've got this and this and this is going to come your way. And then you start getting a afraid and it's like oh my gosh and and whatnot and guys just kind of sitting back and just saying don't worry i'll let you know what's happening and so today we're going to talk about actually being prepared and a part of being prepared is knowing god's voice and so let's turn in our bibles to john chapter 16 and we're going to look at some some scriptures today that we've been to before, but it's uh, it's just amazing how when you read the word over and over again, that some scriptures just come back and they have a whole new meaning than what they did the week before, the month before, years before that. Um, and it's just incredible how God works through that. And when, and when he says this is a living word, that's why it's a living word. Because you read some of these things over and over again, it's like, oh my goodness, I had Holy Spirit revelation about this scripture that I thought it meant this. And then God's given me a little bit, a little bit more. So John chapter 16, and we're going to start. In verse 29. Okay. And this is when Jesus was talking with his disciples, and now he's kind of getting into. out of the parables, if you will, and starting kind of to talk to them plainly, if you will. His disciples said to him, See now you are speaking plainly and using no figure of speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Underline, in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Double highlight, circle, underline, whatever it is that you want to do for that last part that says, I have overcome the world. Never, ever, ever forget that, is that even though while you're sitting back and you're thinking about what's that next chapter in my life, what am I going to do next, what is it that God has in store for me, just know that whatever it is, Jesus has overcome the world. So there's no need to worry about what's happening. It doesn't matter what the devil is planning in your head in terms of you're not going to be successful or there's going to be all of these challenges coming your way or you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Jesus has overcome the world. And so as you see there, um, Jesus is telling them, how is it that basically how is it now that you believe i've been saying all of this stuff all along you know and you're just now believing so knowing god's voices is a key um to being prepared for the next chapter in your life let's go ahead and now turn to exodus chapter 3 
So we're talking about knowing God's voice as part of being prepared for the next chapter in your life, for that next journey. So Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 7. That's all right, I'll wait till everyone gets there. Okay. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7. And the Lord said, I have seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up from the land to a good land, to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppress them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people to the children of Israel. You will bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So here Moses is expressing a little bit of, I'm not prepared for this, so how is it you're going to send me to go talk to Pharaoh, which is a high authority figure there, and tell him what to do? Who am I to be able to do that? And so in verse 12, so he said, this is God said, I will certainly be with you. Underline, double highlight, double underline, whatever it is. I will certainly be with you. And this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come out, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they said to me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? So now Moses again is, all right, I'll go do this, but again, who am I to go ahead to, to Pharaoh and tell him to do these things? Because he's going to ask me, well, who are you to come and tell me these things? Okay. And in verse where are we? 13, thank you. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Amen. That is, I don't know about you guys, but when I read that, I get goosebumps when I think about that. Because look at what God is saying. He's saying that I am sent you. That's all you have to tell them. So you think about who in your life can actually make a statement like that and say, if somebody asks you who told you to do this, you just tell them I am sent you. I mean, I almost envision like being in a, in, in a courtroom when you've got the, 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 the lawyers questioning the witness. And then after a point, they are done and they just say, no further questions, Your Honor. I mean, that's really it right there. <laughs> you know, no, no further questions, God. That's it. Close the book. Case closed. Time to go ahead and move on. That's what God is saying right there. He's all powerful God, almighty God. God that can simply say, I am sent you. Sent you. That's all you got to do. So when you're, when you're sitting back and knowing God's voice and thinking about, well, what's the next steps that I have to take in my life? If you're walking in God and you know God's voice, just know that I am is sending you on whatever that journey is going to be. So even if you don't know what the journey is and you're still waiting for, for, for what that's going to be, or if you have an inkling of what that journey is and you get that little bit of fear that, that happens about, ah, I'm not sure if I'm capable of doing that. Just know that if you're walking with God and he's sending you, you have nothing to worry about. Case closed because I am is sending you. Amen. Verse 15, moreover, God said to Moses, 
Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of, ja- God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. Underline that. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. So how do you know God's voice? Well, God's voice is one that's always going to bring about peace. It's going to give you reinsurance. It's going to give you comfort knowing that whenever he's sending you to do something, that he is going to be with you, that he was there in the past for your previous victories that you've had, and that's not going to change. We know the word says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God's voice is one that's going to remind you that I am here with you. He said said right there with Moses, I am has sent you. I will be with you. I'm not going to forsake you. And this is who this is who I am. My name forever is God. I am that I am. Okay. So God's voice, remember, brings peace, brings comfort. It's not going to um, contradict. He's not going to contradict himself. He's not going to say, "Hey, don't don't fear. I will be with you." And then all of a sudden say, "Oh yeah, but you might want to worry about that over there because that's going to be a little bit scary for you." No, he's not going to do that. Okay. Remember what he told Joshua after Moses, um, after Moses had died. He told Joshua, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And there's many scriptures where God talks about, I'm going to be with you. I mean, with Noah when, and, and the ark, when he told him to build the ark and to take his family in there, he said, certainly I will be with you. Okay. So just know that, again, God's voice is going to bring peace, reassurance, comfort to know that he is going to be with you no matter what. And then he's not going to leave you or forsake you. Okay. Deuteronomy chapter 4. And we're going to start in verse 1. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 1 Now O Israel Listen to the statutes and the judgments Which I teach you to observe That you may live and go in And possess the land which the Lord God Of your fathers which, Which the Lord God of your fathers has given you You shall not add to the word which I command you Nor take from it That you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God Which I command you It is crucial, crucial Very, very crucial that you do exactly what it is that God tells you to do. No matter how silly it may seem, no matter how much it doesn't make sense, it's very important that we do that. And here you can see God saying, listen to what I've been telling you and observe those things. So as God is teaching you about him and he's talking to you about getting that kind of that that deeper walk with him and you're learning more about him and learning more about how he operates and he starts directing you to go forward is doing exactly what he's saying. Don't change the plan at all, whatever it is he's telling you, because you can put yourself in a pretty bad situation. Uh, several months back, I was um, on the way to work, uh, and as I was driving there down there by 12th Street, I was coming up to a red light about a block or so before a red light. And so there was there's several smaller intersections on that street there. And the one that had a red light, I was coming across the intersection right before that, so I could either stop before the intersection or stop afterwards. And as I started to slow down, I could distinctly feel, don't stop before the intersection, stop afterwards. And so as I'm looking, I'm like... 
why in the world would I do that? There's no room, you know. So if I stop after the intersection, my whole rear end of the car is going to be in the intersection. And Lord knows what happens after that, not to mention if it's, it's breaking the law. And then so I started to slow down and I heard again, stop on the other side of the intersection. I said, okay, and I'm looking, the light's red, there's no room, and there's a gas station that's over there. So I said, all right, I guess I'm just going to have to block traffic and see what happens. So as I start going across the intersection and I start to slow down coming up the, from, by, um, by the car behind, in front of me there, I just happen to hear a loud thud. And I look up in my rearview mirror and I see a car lurching towards me because it just got rear-ended. And as I look forward to plan my maneuver, that instantly the light turned green and the cars in front of me took off and I had enough room to scoot up and not get hit. So had I not listened to God and really started reasoning with myself, which is what I started doing, I would have been rear-ended by the car that was two lengths behind me. And so I pulled off to the side just to make sure everyone was okay. And it was a little car that smashed into this pickup truck and sent the pickup truck flying through the intersection. And that little car, the hood, kind of came into like an um, a, a, a upside-down V. That's how hard it smashed, and there was smoke everywhere. So that's the, the, the nature of the impact. And the car behind me was at a complete stop, and it still got pushed through the intersection. So I, if I didn't do exactly what God told me to do, Amen. I would have been in that intersection rear-ended, and who knows what would have happened after that. Because then I was, as I was driving to work, what I heard was, you see, you have to trust me. Okay, and I started thinking to myself, man, if I was if I was hit, now I've got to get to work, got to take find some time to call the insurance company, figure out what are we going to do with this. We only had one car at the time, so we were sharing it. Then it was, well, if I got to take the car in to get repairs, how am I going to get to work? How are the kids going to get to school and all of that stuff? Started going through my mind, and, and who knows what would have happened outside of that um, had I not listened. So knowing and, and, and hearing God's voice and remembering what he's done in the past is something that will help bring comfort and peace as you're getting prepared for 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 the way ahead of you okay? so picking back up here in um deuteronomy 4 uh verse 3 your eyes has seen have seen what the lord did at baal peor and the lord your god has destroyed from among you all the men who followed baal of peor but you who held fast to the lord your god are alive today every one of you Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you act according to them, underline that, that you act according to them in the land which you go to possess. Therefore, be careful to observe them, underline be careful to observe them, for this is the wisdom and understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes, and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us for whatever reason we may call upon him? So if you're not being careful to observe what God is telling you to observe, okay, again, you're going to put yourself in a, in a bad spot. And look, and look at this here. For what great nation is there that God has so near to it? God is going to be near to us. At all times, as long as we draw near to him, he's not going to walk away from you. He's not going to forsake you. If things aren't going well in your life and it's not because it's just a normal trial and tribulation, maybe it's because something years ago you didn't do that you were supposed to do or you did something that you weren't supposed to do. It's not that God turned his back on you and just forsake you. He's standing right there and he's just waiting for you to come back. It's, us to, it's up to us to make sure that we that we're pursuing that relationship with God because he is near to us. OK. Uh, verse 9, only take heed to yourself and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart 
all days of your life and teach them to your children and your grandchildren, especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord, your God in Horeb, when the Lord said to me, gather the people to me and I will let them hear my words that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on earth, that they may that they may teach their children. Okay, again. Never, ever forget what God has done for you in the past, because that's going to help pave the way when you're sitting back and you're thinking, Lord, what's the next chapter in my life or what's the next page of this chapter in my life? Going back, remember that he prepared where you are today is because he prepared you wherever you're going next. He's prepared you. So don't think for one instance that you don't have the tools that you need to be able to move forward because God has already given you those. And he's and he's saying diligently keep them and do not forget what you have seen. So don't forget what God has done for you. Don't forget for the, the, the miracles that he's done in your life, the victories that he has brought you. Okay. Let's look at another familiar one. And this is a scripture that I can't even count how many times I've read over the last, last year or so. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we're going to start in verse 33. 1 Samuel 17, verse 33. You know, there's just there's just something about thinking back, you know, man, I was in this situation and God delivered me through that. It's it's just something about that, that at least from my perspective, it seems like it really just brings about more confidence and knowing that, you know, I've got this other notch in my belt that God has brought me through. I'm going to add another one with whatever's coming with whatever's coming down the pike, even though I don't know what it is at times. And I may not even have an inkling of what that is. Just going back and remembering how he delivered you. I'll tell you, it brings about a, a, a level of peace that. Yeah, I, I can't even explain. Amen. All right, verse 33, uh, 1 Samuel 17, verse 33. And we know these scriptures here. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. So this is picking up where um, Goliath challenged um, uh, the Israelites to, to, to a battle, and he's saying, you know, pick somebody that's worthy enough to fight me. And so here David is basically stepping up saying, hey, I'll do it. And now he's having a conversation with Saul um, about this. So you see in verse 33, Saul is basically saying, no, you can't do this. You're not, not going to be able to handle this. Um, verse 34, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it. I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant David has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing that he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So there you see when the haters, so to speak, come out and say to you, you're not going to be successful. And this is in the form of people or it could be the devil himself saying, yeah, there's no way in the world you're going to do that. Look at what David said there. He said, well, that's great that you think that I won't do it. But let me remind you of something that God delivered me through in the past. And if you look at that and you say, well, 
What does striking a, a lion or a bear and killing a bear have to do with fighting someone that um, has probably grown up in the military and has this military background? Well, the common denominator there is that it was God guiding David, and David didn't forget about that. And he gave glory to God, as, as, we, as later on in, um, in the scripture, when he actually defeats Goliath, he gives the glory to God, saying that God will deliver me from, from this, and I will be successful. Not because of what I do as David, but because God who has my back. That's how I'm going to end up being successful, okay? And I would imagine that... Um, there was probably conversation among the group, and you've got some people there that have been around much longer than David has because David was young, and they're probably thinking, youngster, what are you doing? Don't you have some sheep to go attend to? Leave this up to the, to, to the experts to figure this out. You don't get out of here. You don't know what you're talking about. And he's sitting up there saying, no, I'll go ahead and do it because while I may not have the military background, I've got God's guidance. And so as long as I rely on that, regardless of what my capabilities are, regardless of what my skills might be, God has my back, and I'm going to be successful. So if you're out there and you're thinking about looking for a new job or looking at a, a car or something like that or whatever it is that you're trying to do, there's always going to be some level of opposition that's going to say you're not going to be successful. Again, remember back to when God delivered you through a previous situation and know that he's going to deliver you again through this next situation. And have faith in knowing that he will. Okay, And speak to that problem and say, no, I will be victorious in the name of Jesus because God has got my back. I am that I am. Is, is there to fight the battle for me and, and to help me. Amen? Um, verse 38, so Saul, so Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on his head, and he clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in, the sh in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And as we know what happens after that, David ends up striking Goliath in the head and then ultimately takes Goliath's sword and takes Goliath's head from him, and they end up victorious, okay? So, again, from a skill set perspective, did David have the skill to defeat Goliath? No, he didn't. But did he have God? Yes. Did that translate into a new capability, if you will, for David? Yes. And we know what ends up happening after that is David then ends up becoming um, becoming king. Okay. So again, God took him through it, and he ended up rewarding him later on. So anytime somebody says to you, you're not going to be successful, you don't have the skills to do it, just go ahead and just say, okay, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, I know I've certainly been in situations where... I volunteer to, to do things and people looking at me like, oh my gosh, you're crazy. I can't believe you're going you're gonna to go take on that kind of responsibility. And, and it was because I knew this is what God wanted me to do. And I'm not going to say that I didn't have a little bit of fear because, yes, there was that fear. I'm a human being. We all feel that fear. But I knew it was what was God, was, God wanted me to do. And as I'm sitting there and I'm volunteering for this, you know, I'm thinking, I have no idea what the next steps are. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. Don't ask. But I was praying, all right, Lord, I know that you'll guide me and you'll help me figure this out. And later on, I find out from from, you know, from, from other folks that in that moment when I stepped up and I knew and I did what I knew God wanted me to do, everyone in there was like, oh, my gosh, that's the dumbest thing that he's ever done. But I'm shocked that he was able to actually get it done. You know, and then I get congratulations later on. And it's not for, because of me, but it's because I knew, all right, I'm going to listen to you, Lord. I'm going to do this. And then not only did I take it on, the next step was, all right, Lord, I'm going to sit down and pray and I'm going to listen to you. Guide me every step of the way. Amen. And, um, and through that, as I was hearing that, I just sat silently said to myself, I said, praise God. There we go. So let everyone know that I was successful, not because of me, but because of what, because I did what God wanted me to do. Amen. 
So let's now look at First Chronicles chapter 16. Okay. And one of the things that, that we have to remember when we're talking about the notches on the belt, you know, being battle tested, if you will, and having all the victories is that we still have to be humble before the Lord. OK, we heard that early in first Peter about humbling yourself um, before the Lord and not using that to get a big head or get puffed up in pride. And we know where that led Lucifer and to where he is now um, as, as Satan himself. So it's making sure that we don't get puffed up in ourselves as we're as we're being um, as we look back at our victories and that we continue to seek God. God throughout our uh, throughout our life, no matter no matter what the case may be. So don't ever get to the point where you're too comfortable with, oh yeah, I can take this on and I'll be victorious. So where you just kind of turn your back on God, because if you do that, you may find yourself in a very very sticky situation that obviously only God can get you out of. And your journey through that would probably be a lot less stressful and a lot less harder if you actually thought if you sought God's face way beforehand and not waiting until um, until the bottom seems like it's getting ready to fall out from under you. So first Chronicles sixteen verse seven. On that day David first delivered his psalm into the hand of Asaph and his brethren to thank the Lord. Oh give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name Make known his deeds among the peoples. Underline, oh, give thanks to the Lord and call upon his name. Okay. Thank God for the past victories as well. Don't just remember them and just know that he's going to be with you, but just, you know, thank him. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me through this situation that I had in the past. And thank you for putting me in the situation that I am now because I know that you're going to make me victorious again. Okay. Verse 9. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Underline seek his face forevermore and double underline evermore. Okay. Always, always important to seek God's face. And I know I said that a few minutes ago, but it's always important that you're seeking God's face because... Not only does it keep you from getting too puffed up and prideful in yourself, but it also will allow God to direct your paths moving forward. He'll be able to tell you, here's what your very next steps are going to be. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you not need to do. Sit back. Wait until I direct, um, until I tell you what to do next. Okay? So seeking his face puts you in that place where he can actually tell you what you need to do. The other thing with continuing to seek his face, what that does is, like any relationship with with any person that you have, until you build that level of trust, some, that person may not come to you and offer you up advice without you asking. They'll have to see, you know, can I go here and, and say, hey, here's something you might want to look at. If you're constantly seeking God's face, what that allows God to do is to tell you, hey, here's what you got to do before you even ask him. Okay, because you've, you've gotten to the point where you're learning the deeper things about him. You're asking him questions. You're seeking him for even the little minor things that we seem like, oh, we don't want to trouble God with. When you start doing that over and over again, that opens up the door for God to just go ahead and give you unsolicited advice because he knows that you're going to need that advice before you before you ask so seek his face forevermore verse 12 remember his marvelous works which he has done his wonders and judgments of his mouth okay so again there remembering the past victories continuing to seek his face and letting him guide you uh, because by doing that he'll be able to guide you without you even asking um, asking him for anything Let's take another take a look at another verse that talks about seeking and let's go to Psalm 105. Psalm 
Psalm 105, verse 1. And amazing because these scriptures are going to sound exactly the same like we just read. Not coincidence. Okay. Psalm 105, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing psalms to him, talk of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his face forevermore. Remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and his judgments of his mouth. So, just in those two scriptures there, which are almost a... copy and paste, if you will, um, of each other, there's something about continually seeking the Lord that God is trying to get across here. Okay, so it's not coincidence that we have the same scriptures here saying the same thing um, elsewhere in the Bible. Seeking Him makes sure that you don't become prideful. It puts you in a place to where you build that deep relationship with Him so that you're willing to listen and to do those things that He's telling you to do. And it helps you also put you in a place to be able to remember what He's done for you in the past. So as you're thinking about what your next steps need to be, He'll be able to guide you um, and direct you. Last scriptures here that we're going to look at is Psalm chapter 40. So staying in the book of Psalms. Yeah, an amazing, amazing thing about as you continue to seek God, you end up getting to a place at times when... You feel in your spirit, you know what to do, but you're not quite sure. And, and the scripture talks about testing the spirits. And when you get into that space um, or into that place, it's amazing how God then starts to use other people to say things to you. And that you and they have no idea about the situation, but they'll say something to you. And you're like, hmm, that's interesting. And my wife and I, we just had that situation literally um, a few days ago where it was feeling in the spirit here's what should be done and just random people out of the blue being able to say things to her that don't know anything about the situation and to the point where it came time to make a decision being able to say hey here's what I'm going to do and talking to the individual and the individual saying oh my gosh that's so weird because so many people keep saying that to me too you know and so it's just amazing that when you get into that place that God will start doing those things and you're just like oh wow that that's amazing there's my confirmation and then make the decision and and then every and then every Everything after that is just all kind of peaceful, you know. So it's just, I can't stress or emphasize enough the importance of making sure that you continue to seek God in all things, in all things that you're doing, no matter what's happening, okay. So Psalm chapter 40, and we're starting in verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. So as you're waiting for the next steps, wait patiently because everything happens in the Lord's time. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my steps. So if you're not seeking him, he's not going to be able to establish your steps, nor set your feet upon a rock. Okay? He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear, and will trust the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works, which you have done. And your thoughts towards us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. So you see again there, thinking back, God has brought you through. He will bring you through again. Amen. 
Verse 6, sacrifice and offering you do you did not desire, my ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, behold, I come, in the scroll of the book it is written, I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law, and your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord. You yourself know. Okay? So... Remembering and speaking forth and thanking God and praising God is kind of that next step in being prepared. Thank you, Lord, for what you have brought me through. Thank you for being in the situation that I'm in now. And thank you for bringing me through whatever the next, the next thing is going to be that you have coming, coming my way. Okay. And by doing that and, and praising God and, and not forgetting what he's done for you, it allows you to also go forth in faith. Okay. And there's tons of scripture about, about faith. The one that comes to mind is we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. So as you're seeking him and waiting for him to give you that very, very, very next direction, Make sure that you're walking in faith every single day as you sit back and as you wait. And as he's instructing you to, hey, step out and do this, drive across that intersection and stop on the other side, okay? Have faith knowing that even though it may not look like it makes much sense or you know what it means if you go drive to that other side of the intersection, know that he's telling you that for a reason, okay? Know that he's telling you that because he knows that there's that car coming on the behind you that's getting ready to get rear-ended and could potentially hit you, and that's why he's telling you you to move okay he's always going to be looking out for you so being so making sure that you're you're walking forth in faith claiming victory not being afraid of what of the unknown so to speak not listening to what the devil has to say to you because the devil is a liar amen and he's walking around looking for looking for those of us christians that aren't strong in the faith and that don't believe and he's looking to devour us okay so god's voice is going to bring you that peace it's going to bring you that assurance make sure you continue to seek him make sure you remember the victory that he's brought you through allow yourself to be humble and then just go ahead and walk in faith amen amen Amen. so with that being said i'm going to turn it over to pastor for some closing statements god bless